Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. It's always so great to have you uh, with us. Uh, I was speaking in Georgia on Saturday night and met some of you uh, viewers at the Greater Augusta Chapter of Georgia Right to Life. What a great event. We had about 400 uh, uh, patriots there, pro-life people and activists. Uh, really, really great evening. And then I was with Governor Ron DeSantis on Sunday in Volusia County here in Florida at a rally. I was privileged to lead the opening prayer there and uh, prayed for uh, him and for President Trump and for all the candidates for school board that were there at that gathering. Awesome, awesome men and women who are ready to uh, move our country in the right direction. Governor DeSantis made a made the point during his remarks that, you know, if we gain control of, 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 of most of the school boards across the country, we would change this country uh, even more quickly uh, than we do by uh, winning the elections on the federal level. Of course, we want to, we need to win them on both levels. Uh, but that's an important point. And more and more people are paying attention, aren't they, to the school board elections. And I know that you are making a difference about that in your own communities too. That's what we want to encourage you to do here on this program. It affects all the various issues that we're all concerned about. Tonight, I want to give you some further insights into the importance uh, of the U.S. Senate elections. Is it possible that the Democrats could keep hold of the Senate? That is something that we cannot allow to happen, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, the Mar-a-Lago raid. Well, you know, there is a uh, big backlash we've all been talking about that is happening against the uh, the radical left. And uh, we're going to explore that a little bit more, too. So let's go into the Word of God. I want to read uh, a parable from Luke 19. It's the parable of the ten minas. And uh, starting at verse 11, we read this. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master said, You can take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, 
I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Let us pray. Lord, we are facing very important elections in our nation at this time. And you have given each of us talents. You have given each of us opportunities, resources, a level of understanding and commitment to this nation so that we can make a difference. We ask, Lord, that like the servants in this parable who were fruitful for the gifts that the Master had given them, we too may be fruitful with ours. Help us to work hard. Help us to work intelligently. Help us to work in union with you and with one another to make the changes in our nation that will honor you and protect all our fellow citizens and enable us to flourish in service to you and one another. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm also going to ask you to join me in a special prayer for President Trump. So stick with me as we go on through these these reflections because it's a beautiful prayer. You'll be able to find it at prayercampaign.org, which is our main prayer uh, website, where, by the way, you can leave us your prayer intentions. I always invite you to do so during these broadcasts, and I'm grateful for those of you that are doing so even right now, because as we pray for America, we pray for one another. But any time of the day or night, as many times as you want, all through the year, prayerintentions.org is where you can do that and leave uh, 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 us uh, indication of how we can pray for you. That's prayerintentions.org. Prayercampaign.org is where you can find the special prayer for President Trump, which we'll say in a little bit. Uh, and also, of course, a link back and forth, both websites linked to one another so that it's easy to navigate between them. And you'll find a lot of other prayer uh, resources there uh, that, are, that, are, that are useful across denominational lines. Okay. Ah, let's see here. I want to share with you something about the raid at Mar-a-Lago. We've been talking about that. I've been giving you some insights that... I, in turn, have gotten from so many of our colleagues and experts, uh, experts in law enforcement and national security and uh, people who know President Trump and his administration very well and who worked in the administration. Uh, We're all learning from one another and striving to pass on the information to as many people as possible. Well, another of those people uh, involved in the Trump administration, in fact, I was at an event with him uh, just uh, a matter of a couple of weeks ago, uh, is someone I want to uh, draw on here today. He was uh, former uh, Defense uh, Department Chief of Staff, Cash Patel. You've seen him on uh, various news, uh, news reports, I'm sure. And here's what he points out about the raid at Mar-a-Lago. That the FBI 
and the Department of Justice were motivated by an effort to protect themselves from documents that President Trump had there, that he declassified, but that he had there, in order to ultimately expose them to the public. Why? Because they obtain, because they contain, rather, more information about this fake Russia collusion hoax and the investigation into that, which, of course, sheds a very bad light on those agencies because they were abused. They, they, they abused their, their power. They, they, they used a fake dossier. Now, this is, of course, something that, you know, we talk about a lot going back, but going back to this is key for moving forward. Brothers and sisters, it's, it's very, very uh, uh, ordinary in life that the only way to move forward is to be very, very much aware of the past. We have to take certain elements of the past and use them to instruct us as to what to do next. And uh, this is what, um, let let me read some of these quotes here. There were documents in there that need to be made public that were never released to the public. I know this from my time running Russiagate for former Representative Devin Nunes. And I know we keep going back to it, but I'm trying to bring people back to it because this is what the Mar-a-Lago raid was about, Cash Patel says. President Trump, friends, was the most transparent president that we have had. You know, when when, uh, we talk about his tweets, you know, I want to know what the president is thinking. I'm interested to know if he's happy and excited about the things that I and so many fellow citizens are happy and excited about as they impact America. I want to know what he's thinking about things that, on the other hand, are concerning and troubling. I want to know what our leaders are thinking. What are they feeling? Well, President Trump, let us know. Instead of hiding behind layer upon layer upon layer of bureaucracy and secrecy, he just let his thoughts and feelings be known. Wouldn't you prefer, don't you prefer, and isn't it better for the health of the country to have a transparent president than a secret one? You know, enough of these levels of secrecy. I'm sick of it in the church as well. It's like you got people controlling things like the, like the man behind the curtain, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, you know, he's behind the curtain. Nobody even knows he's there. You know what? Open up the curtain. In fact, tear the curtain down. We need transparency today more than ever. I, I, I know that many of you follow, and I want to mention it to all of you. I do a daily diary. I do a daily video. You can see it on my main website, Priests for Life. So priestsforlife.org slash daily dash diary. I say to the public what I did from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. Because of of the value of transparency. And also because, you know, many people support our work and, and, and those who support a particular ministry, whatever that ministry may be, have a right to know 
how the, the leaders of that ministry are spending their time and energy and resources. So I'm going to let you know. There's no secrets. We're an open book. There's nothing, nothing that needs to be uh, kept hidden. What in the world are we doing all day? Wouldn't you love, love to know that? I saw the reports over the weekend, you know, about Biden. You know, they were asking people on the streets, you know, what do you think about the fact that the president is uh, spending, uh, having 150 vacation days during the course of the year? I mean, why aren't you, why aren't you there at the White House? Sort of like a place where, you know, kind of things happen, you know, relating to the, the office that, see, I personally, I remember thinking way, 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 way back in Biden's career that he never wanted to be president. I, just, just a, I may be completely off, off the mark on that, but I always had the impression, this guy doesn't really want this. And lo and behold, campaigning from the basement kind of, you know, and then spending time back in the same, goes back to the same basement, even after he was uh, inaugurated. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. The White House, you know, there's kind of things that happen there. There's rooms, you know, there's meetings, there's people, there's other people there, you know, that have something to do with the government. There's rumors about that, I don't know. People, people are annoyed at that. 150 days out of the year, you're away from the, there's only 365 days in the year, 366 during a leap year. Oh, well, what is it with this? We want transparency. Then you got the church leaders. You know, they dress up all in their robes, and some of them got these fancy hats and everything. And it's like, what do they do all day? What do they do? And I want to know who they consult and who, who are they getting their advice from? Who are they having meetings with? Well, I tell you all this stuff. I'm not going to be, I'm not, I don't want to be part of the secret club. I tell you all this stuff. Anyway, I, I say this because with President Trump, okay, so he, he's being a transparent, going back to Cash Patel, he's being a transparent president. So he has more stuff to be transparent. He wants to release more of this stuff to the public. Oh, oh that doesn't make the FBI very happy or the, the, or the Democrat. The Democrat, you know, Democrats, which have become a completely, not partially anymore, a completely corrupt, dangerous uh, party. Um, of course, they don't want this stuff to get out. Uh, Patel said that when he and Nunes were publicizing the documents, again, about this uh, Russia collusion nonsense, we, quote, we've always said we got 60% of the Russiagate documents out to the public. This means 40% has not yet been shown to the world, and we're unable to talk about it because if we do, of course, the FBI will come after us. President Trump did. He was courageous enough to say, look, there's no threats to national security here. I'm declassifying these. And also everything related to the Hillary Clinton and email investigation, along with other things. Why? Because what they do, still quoting here, what they do is show the FBI and DOJ corruption. End of quote. And so what do you expect? The deep state? And the FBI and the DOJ, they're going to fight back. And that's what they're doing right now. Now, they're crazy enough to try to charge President Trump with a crime. But the thing we have to keep in mind is one thing that the Department of Justice, Patel says, actually listens to from time to time, and this is an exact quote of his, is the public. 
And the public outcry on this has been massively against them, against them, the perpetrators of this secret police Gestapo style uh, invasion and raid uh, break in of President Trump's home. Absolutely unacceptable and no rationale. Their explanations have just fallen apart uh, uh, at the seams and, 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 and their, 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 their excuses have collapsed. People are laughing at them. And what are they doing? Rallying around President Trump more strongly than ever. And that goes into the second part here of what I want to uh, point out to you, uh, which is the boost in his primary support. So... President Trump is going to run. Uh, when he's going to announce that, you know, some are saying it might be or before the election, some are saying after. Uh, in any case, he's got the strongest support of anybody. I told you I was with Governor DeSantis yesterday. Governor DeSantis is the only one in the field who has any kind of measurable second place support, but that second place support is way, way, way substantially behind what President Trump has. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very clear. And it's growing. That's the point is that it's growing. And the enthusiasm with which people support President Trump has grown since this Mar-a-Lago raid. And the other factor to keep in mind here, part of the dynamic going on, is that prior to the Mar-a-Lago raid, well, and, and as we still are to a large extent, people are saying, well, look at this terrible stuff that the Democrats are, are doing to America. Uh, you've got the uh, out-of-control crime, the out-of-control inflation, the out-of-control border, the out-of-control indoctrination of our students in the schools. Uh, and then, of course, though dealing with my issue, you've got the, the radical uh, abortion without limits uh, pushed by the Democrats. And, 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 you know, people talk about this. It makes it bad for the Democrats in the polls. But it's also something that uh, other People like Governor DeSantis and others uh, who are who are great leaders in the uh, uh, Republican Party um, are talking about the same things. And so, you know, people rally support around a lot of people in regard to those issues. But with the Mar-a-Lago break in, the focus once again is, well, wait a minute, look how they're persecuting this man. And the reason they're persecuting him is that he's standing up for us, which is a point he always makes in his uh, speeches. And so now... Uh, uh, so some numbers that have changed, Axios reported, you may have seen, that um, if you ask the question, do you support the former President Trump more than you support your, your party? Well, the number of people who say that they do has risen seven points since May has risen seven points since May to 41% who say, I, I support him even more than I support the party. Uh, while 50% would say, well, I support the party more, if, in fact, you're going to make a distinction, because you got, these people are uh, supporting both at the same time uh, uh, in, in, the, in the current dynamics of this election. Um, so, okay, now, that leads us to, uh, uh, I want to pause here and uh, say a prayer with you uh, for President Trump. And then I want to reflect on this very important topic of the Senate races, because taking into account all this stuff, how are we doing when it comes to, uh, I mean, it's pretty widely acknowledged, right, that we're going to take back the House in the midterm elections. But what about the Senate? It's harder to take back the Senate. But friends, it's just as necessary. 
And I want to just point out to you a couple of things we have to keep in mind and be talking to others about regarding that point. Before we do that, though, let's go back into prayer because I've written this special prayer that you can find at prayercampaign.org. And let's say it together for, for the president and for the work that he is doing, President Trump. God Almighty Father, we praise you for the wondrous deeds you have done throughout history. Your wondrous deed of creating us, though we did not ask for it nor earn it. Your wondrous love in raising up your own people and giving them a covenant and a land to call their own. We praise you for manifesting yourself in Jesus Christ and for giving us faith in him, in whose blood alone we find forgiveness and peace, in whose name alone we find hope of salvation, and in whose power alone we find security. We acknowledge him. King of kings, Lord of lords, and ruler of every nation. Lord, your word teaches us that all authority has been established by you and that those who serve us in public office are ministers of God and that we are to pray for all in authority that we may lead peaceful lives in all godliness and devotion. O God, we praise your loving providence by which you have protected your people in distress and proven that those who trust in you will be victorious over every evil. You tested your servant Abraham and commanded him to sacrifice his only son Isaac. When you saw his obedience, you stayed his hand, provided a ram for the sacrifice, and gave him back Isaac as one from the dead. We praise you for what you did for your people whom you set free from slavery in Egypt. You taught them to trust in you even when they were caught between Pharaoh's armies and the Red Sea. And you said to Moses, tell the Israelites to go forward. And you brought them a mighty deliverance. Lord, when the apostles of your son saw him taken away to be crucified, they thought their hope was lost, and they deserted him and fled. The women wondered who would roll away the stone for them. And the disciples, walking to Emmaus, told the stranger that they were hoping that Jesus would be the one to deliver them. You brought them too, a mighty deliverance and a new hope, when that same Jesus stood before them victorious, risen from the dead, never to die again. Lord, we praise you also for the gift you have given us and have given the world in the United States of America, a land that attracts people from across the globe because of its promise of freedom and opportunity. We thank you for having led us through many trials, through wars and division and times of severe economic stress and acts of terrorism. Lord, in our day, you have blessed our nation with the greatest president we have seen, Donald J. Trump. Lord, this is a man who trusts in you, who believes in your son and relies on the power of prayer. Time and time again, you have given him victory over his enemies, who have counted him out from the very first day he announced he was running for president, who were absolutely certain he could not ever win, who spied on his campaign, who misused federal intelligence agencies against him, who fabricated lies about him, who launched fake investigations and impeachment hearings, who denied equal representation and due process and who now have raided his home in an act unprecedented in American history. 
Lord, at every turn, you have given President Trump victory and enabled him to accomplish great things for this nation. We ask you to give him and us victory once again. Give President Trump holy wisdom. Surround him with your angels of protection. Provide him with the strength to carry out each day the work he does on behalf of America. Thank you for all the good you have accomplished through him and his administration's commitment to eliminate corruption from the seat of power in Washington, D.C., to secure the borders and strengthen the military of our nation, to frustrate those who planned terrorist attacks on our homeland, to foster law and order in our communities, to protect our citizens from the China virus, to restore and strengthen our economy, to promote honesty and fairness in our trade agreements, to appoint to our courts judges who faithfully apply our Constitution and laws as they are written, to defend the lives of the unborn from the violence of abortion, to improve our health care system, to properly care for our veterans, to defend the sacred heritage and safety of Israel and the good of all our allies, and to promote and defend the freedom of all citizens in the United States and throughout the world to live according to their religious beliefs. Lord, send your spirit to our 45th president that he may glorify you in every success and find consolation from you in every sorrow. Protect his family, guide his advisors, enable him to continue to accomplish those things that will secure the physical and moral strength of our nation for our children and grandchildren. Father, we trust in your providence, which has guided and blessed the United States of America from its earliest days. Grant that this trust may grow, and be rewarded as we live our calling to be good citizens on earth and faithful citizens of your heavenly kingdom. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So if you like that prayer and you want to share it and you want to say it regularly yourself, prayercampaign.org is the website where you'll find a link to it. And as I said before, to many other uh, prayer resources, including the opportunity to give us your own intentions as often as you like. So the Senate elections, final thought for tonight's program. We've got to take back the Senate. I believe we will, but it's going to require really not only hard work, but intelligent focus. And let me explain what I mean. So we see some polling that's that's troubling because it shows some of these Senate races. Uh, you know, there are key states, obviously, you know it, like uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, where I just was, and uh, many other important Senate races. I mean, all the Senate races are important. Every every uh, uh, two years, you've got uh, a third of the Senate up for re-election, but we're talking about key races in Wisconsin and Nevada, uh, and uh, Arizona and uh, North Carolina, um, we've got to uh, 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 we've got to win all of these. Okay, some of them will be pickups pickups for the um, uh, Republicans, like Georgia, for example, and Arizona. Some of them will be seats we have to defend, like Pennsylvania. Friends, uh, the, the 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 trends in the nation that um, put the Democrats in disfavor. And this is just a, 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 this is just a, a rule of American politics. The national trends tend to affect more easily the House than the Senate. 
in house races, you could have particular dynamics in that district, particular dynamics going on with the candidate. And those seem to matter a little bit less than the winds, the direction that the political winds are blowing nationwide. And so when you've got 74% of the people saying the country's going in the wrong direction, and you've got the approval ratings of the president uh, so historically low, I can't even see that far down when we try to look at those where those ratings are. We can't see it anymore. Then you, you, have, a, you have an important you know, wind blowing there that's going to affect the House races across the country. Uh, but the Senate is a little more complicated. It depends. Senate races, by their very nature, depend a lot more on the specific candidate and the specific dynamics in that state. Okay. And we see some of these polls, you know, right now. Uh, but, of course, it's, we haven't even reached Labor Day yet. So, I mean, there's a political eternity between now and November 8th. Um, we know that, and, and, and a lot will change. But we have got to take back the Senate. We've got to win these Senate races. So what do we, what do we have to keep in mind? What we have to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, is that no matter what pros or cons you might see in the candidate in your state, if you have a Senate race, and no matter what kind of issues are being debated, nationalize the election. That helps us. That's point number one. Nationalize the election. Look at the questions of Look at the question specifically of the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. In other words, it's not enough for a voter to ask, well, what do I think of this particular Senate candidate in my state? And it's not enough for a voter to ask, what is that candidate going to do for my state? What you have to ask is, what is the election of this candidate going to do for the direction the whole country takes because of the balance of power in the Senate? If the Senate shifts along with the House, from Democrat control to Republican control. Remember, then that shifts the control of all the committees. It shifts the dynamic of what legislation can be even introduced, much less passed. And having both the House and the Senate will enable them to pass legislation. Now, if we had a really, really, really big victory on November 8th, we could get, if we were to get veto-proof majorities in those chambers. Wow, it could actually enact laws despite the fact that you've got a, a Brandon administration. That's a that's that's a, a a high a high hill to climb. But you could still pass legislation even if you think that the president is going to veto it, even if you know he's going to veto it. Because you're, you, you, you want to put people on record. You want to get that veto because then now the whole thing is going to be focused after November 8th on the presidential race. And not only that, but when you have the, uh, the, 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 when you have the wheels churning and the process moving forward of creating a law, there's a lot to that then you've, you've got it in place. You pass a law in this Congress, it gets vetoed. You want to pass it in the next one when you have a Republican uh, president, then you know, you, you've already been through that process. It makes it uh, even easier. And not to mention, of course, the public awareness that is generated uh, and uh, people showing their true colors uh, of where, they, where the party uh, stands on these various issues. There's a lot of benefits. I haven't even mentioned all of them. So the point is, 
not only that, but remember the Senate confirms judges, confirms Supreme Court justices. God forbid if there should be another vacancy in the second part of the Brandon administration, we get another kook uh, nominated. At least if we have a Republican Senate, we can we can put the brakes on some of these wild, kooky, radical, dangerous uh, nominations. And not only for the courts, but for other positions too. It's the Senate that confirms presidential appointments. Okay, so these are some of the motives. Again, you look nationally. You look nationally. Not just at what's happening in Pennsylvania, not just at what's happening in North Carolina, not just what's happening in Arizona. What's happening to the United States of America? We know that the, 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 the we know what has damage that has been done by 19 months of Democrat governance, if you can call it governance, it's a circus. It's not governance. In fact, it's, it's worse than it's worse than a circus. It's an attack. It's an outright attack on America. I don't have to convince you, but we have to factor this thinking in when we're talking to our fellow citizens they're gonna they're gonna vote it's like it friends it's not about pennsylvania senate race is not just about pennsylvania it's about where america is going to go it's about whether our border is going to be protected it's about a lot of things nationally get the thinking up higher second thing connected with that oh i don't think this particular senate candidate is conservative enough Wait a second. Friends, maybe he or she isn't. Maybe he or she isn't. Right, that's a judgment call. Uh, first of all, we've got to be as objective as possible and not just take sound bites coming to us from uh, other people. Let's make our, our best judgment on these things. But may, maybe that's the case. But what matters more? What matters more? That we get this candidate elected who's Republican, maybe not as conservative as, as we like, but because he or she is elected, the whole Senate moves under Republican control so that you have the absolutely most conservative members of the Senate now in the majority and now actually able to get legislation introduced to get uh, uh, votes on, on confirmations, uh, get the majority of votes on confirmation hearings. And something I didn't mention yet, but that you also are aware of, launch investigations. We got a long lineup of people that we need to investigate. Once this new Congress gets sworn in, we need investigations going on to this garbage and corruption that's going on. And we need to dissolve some of these ridiculous uh, 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 committees that have already been, been put into place. You know what I'm talking about. So the point is, you know, so I deal with this on the abortion issue on sort of like the other side of the coin. Sometimes people will say to me in a race, of course, you don't you hardly see these people anymore, what I'm about to say. Say, oh, we got a pro-life Democrat running. Is it okay if I vote for a pro-life Democrat? Uh, look, if you were to elect, this is only this is only hypothetical. This is academic, okay, because we don't have in the in the US Senate races, we don't have this option. But let's say in a in a race somebody said, Well, I I I I I would like to to a vote for this pro-life Democrat because the Republican is weak or maybe even the Republican is 
even a little bit pro-choice. Again, there's very few and far between of those, fortunately. But no, you have to look at the question not just of where that candidate stands or even how that candidate compares with his or her opponent. You got to look at the question of the balance of power. If you were to vote in a, a pro-life Democrat, let's say they were, get, they were to get elected, and let's say that that was the one one state that 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 pushed the balance of power over the edge and 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 kept put or kept the democrats in control of the entire senate well look what you've just done you've given control to the radical pro abortion party and the and the fact that the party now control controls the senate overshadows and 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 far outdoes any benefit from that individual pro-life Democrats vote. So the same thing happens the other way around. Oh, but this Republican candidate isn't conservative enough. Yeah, but if not putting them into office is means that the Democrats continue to control the Senate, what good have you done? What look at the result? It's better to get the less, it's better to get the person in, in, into office so that, the, so that the balance of power shifts to the Republicans because then all those much more conservative men and women are able to get their agenda pushed forward and are able to block the agenda of the radical left. You got to think bigger, think beyond the pluses or minuses of that particular candidate. You got to look what party is going to be in control. Brothers and sisters, I cannot overemphasize how important this is. Get people thinking this way. So let's pray about that because you understand this, but we, we've got to be talking about it with one another so that we can help our fellow citizens understand it as well. Father, we know the kind of leadership we need. We know the people we want, and Lord, we also know that, 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 that people in our path will often fall short. Our choices may not be that great in certain places. But Father, help us. Send right now, all of us praying together, ask, Lord, that you send your Holy Spirit and enlighten the minds of our fellow voters to see the big picture results of their vote. That in any one of these swing Senate states lies the, 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 the path that our whole nation will, will go on. That lie, in, in any one of these races, in any one of these states, the entire control of the Senate is up for grabs. Enable, Lord God, your people to think beyond their immediate benefit or or lack thereof, they think beyond their immediate preferences, their immediate likes or dislikes, their immediate concerns with individual people. And Lord God, help them to take into account the balance of power between the parties. Because we know, Lord God, with the Democrats in control, the radical, America-destroying, freedom-quenching, life-destroying things that go forward in American policies, whether it's a radical abortion agenda or open borders or indoctrination of our children or a completely defunct economy. Lord, we ask you, give us wisdom, give us strength, and enable us to impart it to our neighbors and friends as well. We now pray in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks for praying with me, friends, and for being with me. ProBiVote.com is our election website. Follow up and go deeper into all the different things that we're saying here about the dynamics of the election. ProLifeVote.com, and thank you for your commitment. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone and with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And friends, join us again tomorrow. And remember, as President Trump always reminds us, we are part of the greatest political movement in American history. This country doesn't belong to the radicals who want to destroy it. This country belongs to you. We kneel only to God, not to government, not to our enemies. And America's greatest days are yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.